Welcome to Ono, Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. Oh, hey, Ross. And in this special bonus episode for our awesome Maximum Fun donors, yeah, we're going to be telling you all about firewalking. Firewalking. Members only firewalking. Firewalking. Boy, we've wanted Firewalking. <laughs> Continue. We've wanted to do this a really long time. Carrie and I have this long Google Doc where we share potential investigations and people suggest things all the time. So it is a very long document. Yep. Uh, but at the very top, we collect like things that we've particularly been wanting to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. right on my list for Ross's wish list is firewalking. Now I can take it off the list. I had signed up for this newsletter years ago mm-hmm. because there's a group in San Diego that does firewalks. Does firewalking. And we're in LA. Like I would think there would be firewalking somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. There's probably a bunch of like corporations doing it to like get people out of their shells, but there's no place to go and get yeah. your firewalk on. I was uh, surprised by that. So originally, yeah, we'd signed up for that and we were going to go. And I think there was like one time there was a schedule conflict and another time Carrie was sick. And then like I heard nothing from them for at least two years. Yeah. And then finally, we were hot in the middle of our Scientology investigation. Mm-hmm. But then I got an email saying we're having a firewalk on January 30th. Year of Our Lord 2016. I was like, Gary, Gary, we got to do this. Let's drop everything and go firewalking. And we were like, uh-oh, because that was the same day that they were going to do this. Fun. They were having the Florida org come and show like, yes. show off how awesome they are. Which sounded great. Because LA is an ideal org, but Florida is like the, the ideal org. The it's ideal as idealist org. as you can get. Yeah. Yeah, super ideal. Yeah, so we were like, oh, what should we do? But I think we were pretty unanimously like, mm-hmm. firewalk. this won't happen again. Right. We got to go. So we got together in my, my little car. Uh-huh. and drove three and a half hours to San Diego. Yep. We did Mad Libs along the way. Yes, we did. We put some pics of it on our Facebook. So yeah, the class was to start at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. And so we got there at 1.45. Yes, we did. Look we were us. so prompt. Other we people were, like, were late and they were locals. <laughs> Give me a break. The theme of our firewalking seminar was manifesting 2016. And you might think to yourself, oh, well, then this must have been at the very beginning of the year. Well, not really. But they did squeak it into January. Yeah, they got it on the last two days. 30th. It was some sort of community center that had a lot of little bungalows Mm -hmm. that you could rent out. Uh, Yeah, it was a real nice, pretty little area. It was right on the water. Uh, Yeah, so we walked in and people were just kind of getting it set up. There was kind of a long table and a U-shape, bare white walls, Mm -hmm. a little water cooler, and some oranges you could grab. You were so happy about those oranges. Gotta have my oranges. And there were all these motivation posters oh no they weren't even motivational posters they were like someone had written Written them yeah just in marker on a like eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper but i like these the first one was turn fear into power Mm -hmm. and i immediately Mm -hmm. thought of monsters Monsters inc Inc. yeah (laughs) that literally turned fear into power exactly turns out laughs Real way to go. Oh, that's right. You uh, just spoiled Monsters, Inc. I totally did. Oh, I so spoiled Monsters, Inc. Well, if people haven't seen it by now. Yeah, get with the program, people. Another one said, create amazing breakthroughs toward manifesting your goals and dreams. And then uh, another one was, your future is in the now create it. And I say it that way because now create it was in all caps. Oh, gotcha. I think they meant your future is in the now. Pause. Create, create it. it. 
Very unforgiving, but uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, we met one of the speaker guys. Uh, then we, we met, met the Marla Brucker. Marla Brucker, and I know what you're all thinking. Holy shit, Marla Brucker, the one and only Marla yeah, Brucker. That or Marla you're Brucker. Like, oh no, am I supposed to know who this is? And now you're googling it, and you're realizing this isn't anyone. Well, and what's what the first thing that comes up when you Google her? I don't know if it was the first thing, but okay. quickly you get her on a list of people who have so-called fake doctorates. And she is the... Uh, but it's just someone's blog. I want to be clear here. Is she the discoverer and founder? <laughs> she is the CEO. She's of- the CEO of the Motivational Institute of Hypnotherapy. Yes. And they are the ones who were organizing this event. Right. So, uh, But she introduces herself like, I'm Marla Brucker. As if you're supposed to know who that yeah, is. Yeah. Like, she's like, like I'm, I'm Troy Dancing. McClure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I remember when we first talked about firewalking, uh-huh. you were like, well, that's pretty straightforward, right? Like, there's no pseudoscience aspect to yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't know that people, how people talk about I it. I was like, no, 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 no. You don't just go out and like use the laws of physics to right. walk over these coals that won't really permanently scar us. There's always like this motivational talk that goes with it. Uh, and this idea that it's going to be sort of mind over matter. Ex- you can convince your body not to send the pain signals through. Exactly. Hence the motivation. Institute of Hypnotherapy being the organizers of this event. Right. So my understanding going into this, which I think remains mostly the same, is that your foot is a poor conductor of heat. Mm-hmm. So if you walk fast enough on something real, real hot and it's short enough, the heat just won't get all the way through your foot to the nerves and it'll just feel warm but not hot. Yeah, there's a few things physically in your favor. The The foot naturally has some pretty good padding on it, mm-hmm. you know, more or less depending on your activities. Sure. And then the coals themselves, charcoal is a poor conductor, especially if it's got a little bit of ash on it and if it's died down a little bit and you walk across it very quickly. Uh-huh. And so all those things combined make it safe, you know, as long as it has died down sufficiently and you're walking over it sufficiently fast. So this is, you know, well known. Sure. And both of us have seen videos of people doing this. So yeah, I was super excited to do this. Yeah. Because it's one of those things that just superficially sounds so scary and undoable. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's why they use it for and, this. And it's one of those things that you feel like you should have done once like skydiving. It's just like, oh, you yeah. can cross that off as a thing I did, everybody. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I did a marathon. Yeah, exactly. I haven't done a marathon. I haven't even done a 5K. I haven't skydived. Skydiven? I haven't skydived. I I dreamt about skydiving. I don't have any skydividends. You dreamt about it? Yeah. I once made a pact with a high school friend that we would both go skydiving together. And then I saw her at the 10-year reunion. And I said, hey, done any skydiving? And she'd totally forgotten about that. But she's like, wait, why? That's really weird that you asked that. Because it turns out she married her skydiving instructor. Whoa. What? What? Do you think that was just her way of coping with not marrying you? You know what? I'm, Probably. I mean, I'm not going to say that. <gasps> and that woman's name was Marla Brucker. <laughs> <laughs> the Marla Brucker? Yeah, the. The one and only fake doctorate, Marla Brucker. Okay, so we've gotten into the building. Yeah, I'm afraid to tell you there's three hours of class. They even warned us. You have a three-hour seminar before you get to go firewalk. So you can't just go out and get on the coals. Jeez, right, that would be ridiculous. Gotta prepare your mind. Yes. It takes a while for everybody to show up, but eventually we've got like uh, 12 people there. and As usual, mostly women. Uh, that's true, isn't it? Huh. Not including the presenters. Okay. So there's you. You're mm-hmm. a man, right? Yeah. There's the guy who's very happy with his life, but actually doesn't have that great life. <laughs> yeah. There's the guy who wants to take down Citizens United. Yep. And then there was a quiet, shy guy with dark hair across from us. Okay. 
I oh. think that might be it. Oh, wow. You're right. It was predominantly women. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay, good point. And so Marla comes up and she rings her little bell. Yes. And, and t- then and everyone looks at her. We've all been completely silent pretty much. But she rings her bell and then she's very proud that we're all looking at her. And she's like, you see, all you need is a little bell. You see all these teachers yelling at their students. They just get up there and ring a little bell. Everything <laughs> would just get quiet. And it's like, yeah, but we all know don't know each other yet. We're just sitting there waiting for you. And that made it a little insulting, you know, like being <laughs> compared to a <laughs> yeah, you know, to children. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. We're looking at her now and she's got her bell. And she's I don't know, she's maybe in her late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, I think sixties, yeah. And wears a lot of makeup. I've put her in purple in my mind, but that might just be her aura. Ah, uh, but yeah, she was wearing kind of like a, I don't know, not like a woman's suit, but... Yeah, but like a flouncy jacket. Someone you'd imagine a little upscale. We're using her real name, by the way. A lot of the people we'll talk about were using pseudonyms, but she's a public figure. You can look her up. So uh, yep, yep. this is her real name, Marla Burger. Be nice to her if you talk to her. Yeah, seemed like a nice person. And so she, the first thing she asks us is, how many of you are nervous? And only like two people raise their hands. And she's like, how many people are excited? And like eight people yeah, raise their hands. Yeah, we're like, yeah. Think, well, why would we be here if we weren't excited? So she asks us, oh, well, do you know the difference between nervous and excited? And I think I said like, I think so. I guess she wanted us to start nervous. And uh-huh. was a little annoyed sure. that people were already excited. So she let us know you have a goal here. And your goal is, is to, to walk, walk on, on fire. fire. Thank you. Okay. Good. Yeah. Glad we've established that. Okay. We're sounding like so cynical right now. <laughs> You're right. But it's, yeah. Wait till like you hear the rest of this. <laughs> but there really was just this sort of like paternalistic tone right from the beginning. Mm. Like, we know you're all broken souls, but it's okay that you're here and you're going to try this <laughs> thing. And it's just like, we're cool. Yeah. We just want to try firewalking, lady. There was a lot of that and uh, kind of exemplified by the first speaker. So she invites up Jim to be our first speaker in Manifesting 2016. Hey-o. Hey. And so he gets up and he has a very soothing voice. He does. And you can tell it's not his normal speaking voice, but mm, it's what okay. he uses Do when this. he teaches this class. I would think he's in his 30s. Yeah. Uh White. Mid to late 30s, tall, yeah. white, white guy, blonde hair. And he told us a little later that he's a master NLP practitioner. And we were both like, oh dear. I do energy work. Now we haven't done NLP yet in the show. And no. so maybe our opinions will totally change. But my preconceived understanding of NLP is that it's like a little nonsensey. Neuro-linguistic programming. It's not a good selling point for me, at least at this point in my life with what I know of it. Yeah, we've uh, seen it before when we went to the... The Hypnosis Motivational Institute, not to be confused with the the Motivational Institute Institute of Hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy. Totally different. Of course. So, yeah, he, he was giving us a lot of fairly obvious things, <laughs> semi-profound. The first question I ask, what do you want or what would you like? Uh, and so he has us write down on note cards. We've got little index cards. Yeah, so we're supposed to pick like one goal for this year, right? Exactly, yeah. So he wants us to write something you want. Something you'd really like to achieve this year. Yeah. So I wrote to write a manuscript. I had a bunch, but I was like, okay, yeah, if I have yeah. to pick one, I'm going to say finish this like book proposal I need to write. And I said, uh, learn a new language. Yeah. And so uh, then he told us, Henry Ford says, you can have two attitudes. Either you can or you can't. Either, Either- way. You're right. 
Whoa. Uh, oh my goodness. Self-fulfilling prophecy. I've heard that one before. Yeah. Oh, same here. Of course. We all write down these goals for ourselves. And he says, now I want you to multiply that by 10. Yeah. So I write down, <laughs> write 10 manuscripts, dot, like, dot, dot, question mark. And I show Carrie my card and I've written, learn 10 languages. <laughs> yeah. We're both like, oh, we thought we were so clever. Aren't we clever? <laughs> but of course, everyone else is like politely playing the game. So they're like, okay, instead of having a successful company, I'm going to grow my company to have, you know, other branches or whatever. Right. So he instructs us to find what is that larger goal? What are you really trying to accomplish right. in life? So then I say, oh, well, I want to be more connected with others. Right. And then he starts singling people out and like making them say what they're trying to achieve. Uh-huh. And it becomes so obvious that we're all just trying to please him. Like there's just some point at which it feels intuitive for him so, you know, mm, someone will be like, mm-hmm. okay, so uh, I guess my ultimate goal is to feel more connected to my family. And what will that get you? Oh, um, happiness. <laughs> and what will you get if you're happy? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Peace of mind. Ah, so you want peace of mind? It's just like, why are we stopping? Why did that one feel okay and being right. connected to my family didn't? But yeah. okay. All this searching. Jam. I, I like the one guy who said he wants to end Citizens United. Yeah. You go, buddy. Yeah, go for it. So yeah, he uh, he told us that all of this, uh, we can accomplish these goals. It doesn't matter what you believe. You can even be an atheist. An atheist. Okay. Whoa. Well, good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm all set. So uh, so then, yeah, he wanted us to write a problem that we want to tackle. So I said, oh, well, it's kind of the same thing I told the Scientologists. I want to be able to tackle big problems or assignments more quickly and methodically. And he didn't like that one. No, thank you. Yeah. He's like, um, that's not really specific. Is that really what you want to do with 2016? It's like, well, kind of, yeah. But um, yeah, I can't remember where he ended up steering me on that. I think, oh, well, so then you said something about procrastinating, how like procrastinating is a weakness of yours. Yeah. And he was like, (gasps) never say you want to stop procrastinating. Never say that. Because you know, some of the best CEOs in history (laughs) are the biggest procrastinators. You know why? They know what to procrastinate on. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So we twisted around now. So he's saying, oh, all those things that you don't want to do, procrastinate on those. Yeah. What? Okay. That just means the same thing, buddy. Good job. Good job. Clap, clap, clap. And so once we'd all kind of achieved our goals for the year, he had us go around and give a numeric value on a scale of one to 10, where one is something you would never be able to accomplish and 10 is something you'll absolutely be able to accomplish. So how confident are you that you can get this done this year? So we've got this one guy who's like, 10, uh-huh. <laughs> I can accomplish exactly what I want because I've already got what I want, everything in life. Yeah. All right. Okay. Why are you here? Yeah, he's just kept being like, I don't know. I, I have everything I want. I have everything I want. Nothing's wrong. My life is perfect. And then later it comes out that he has like a daughter with an extreme addiction problem, another one whose boyfriend just died. I mean, not to say like his life is a mess, but you definitely can. I can think of a couple things that would make you happier. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jim had a little talk with him to kind of get him to something a little more manageable. And they, so they went around all the people and got to us and the lady before you said six and you said six I had written down six and that was like exactly the right number because it was like kind Uh, of right where it's achievable uh but it's not too easy right so yeah not overconfident we figured it out yeah you me and the lady next to you (laughs) 
we were also near the end of the line. Yeah, so we had learned from others' mistakes, yeah. having to reform their their goals. Right. I think when he asked us to do the number, he said, whether you think you can do it. And I was like, okay, that's totally different from whether I will. I mean, like, I feel, yeah, pretty confident that oh, I can. Yeah, yeah. The entire question is whether I will. It's uh-huh. like getting the motivation and, and not just like the general motivation, but the day-to-day like boy, I have a lot of bills to pay, but instead I'm going to sit down and write 20 pages of this thing that maybe will get written this year. <laughs> you know, that's what's hard. Yeah, and and there were all these just kind of really obvious platitudes like beliefs lead to experience and experience leads to beliefs. One informs the other. Fine, can we firewalk? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, everyone went around talked about our our different goals. A lot of people wanted to create businesses. Yeah, One, or a lot of people had just quote unquote created them but it would be more like I you like bought a website I think yeah yeah and not to disparage that like I'm glad they had done that part oh yeah but like there was a woman who had she said on the drive over I think she had realized she wants to be a dog trainer and like wants to do her dog training business cool girl super super great but you know hard to work with at that point where you're just like oh okay you just thought of what you want to do with your life on the drive over okay (laughs) uh what should you do next um hmm. one lady wanted to start a podcast yeah we're like oh let's go tell her how to make a podcast yep well we'll get there (laughs) yeah I made a mistake everybody yeah, he insisted that we're not doing the secret here. Right. Not quite sure how that would be silly. different, but very similar sentiments. But well, I think he did explain how because his view of the secret, for right or wrong, his view of the secret was like, uh, you just kind of sit around and wish for it and it comes to you. Oh, and okay. his was a more proactive, like, you still have to work for it. And to be fair, yeah, they didn't say anything about changing the structure of the universe with right. your desires. Right. So, okay, they're not doing the secret there. Yeah, you're manifesting all these things within yourself. It was all about conviction, he was telling us. And he told us that he was nervous about firewalking. He's never done it before. Oh, right, yeah. I don't even know what I want to do with my life. I don't even know what my purpose is. Because one woman said she wants to find her purpose. Uh He's like, I don't even know what mine is, man. And here you are teaching us how to do this. And telling us to procrastinate more. It was just like, (laughs) ah. There is this weird segment of the sorts of things that we get into Mm -hmm. where there will be these groups of people who are like, my purpose in life is to help other people find their purpose in life. And it just uh-huh. sort of becomes this daisy chain of no one really knowing what they're doing. <laughs> I, I feel the same way about some life coaches where it's just mm. like, like I'm going to teach you how to accomplish something in your life. Okay, well, what'd you accomplish? Well, I'm a life coach. Okay. It's meta, if nothing else. Yeah, it just feels like blindly blind a little bit. Yeah, it's like that whole thing where everybody's really good at giving advice that they themselves wouldn't take. Uh huh. So maybe they could share that with others, but can't really walk the walk themselves. And sometimes it's not even good advice. Sure. Bless his heart. I have a friend from college who I'm not in close contact with anymore. Lovely guy, lovely guy. But Mm -hmm. he's becoming a life coach, and I talked to him about it a little bit. I kind of trying to gently pull on this theme. I was like, so what in your life do you feel like you've accomplished that makes you feel like, oh, I can like lead other people to accomplish their goals? Mm-hmm. And he's a semi-successful model. So he's like, I really have to like work at my body and so on like to get that done. Okay, that's fair. Okay. And I said, what, uh, while you're building that business up, what are you doing for money right now? And he said, I'm working at Pickle Shack. 
What is pickle shack? It's, a, it's just a sandwich I mean, shop. It's like saying I'm working at Subway. Oh, okay. Which is fine. But, you know, it's just like, again, like, ooh, do I want to go to the sandwich artist to like, be like, help me figure it out, man? Yeah. How, how do I become rich and famous, guy who works at pickle shack? <laughs> well, when you put it that way. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. Yeah. All anyway, right. lovely guy. Not going to say his name. Go on. Yeah, that was really about it. And then he's pimped another class coming up. He was going to be teaching Constellation, which is uh, how to repair and heal energies that are working outside of time and space. That makes sense. And then on the 26th of March, I'm not sure if it was him teaching, but they were going to have a class called Weight Loss Without Exercise. Yeah, all right. Wish we could have gone to that, but it's like a three and a half hour drive to get down there. Yeah, I wonder if they would have had a problem with my vegan diet, because it seems like that has to be a diet thing, right? Oh, I thought it was just going to be like a mind over matter thing again. Oh, you think so? Yeah. That'd be great. Boy, now I'm more curious. I mean, because weight loss without exercise is perfectly possible. Mm -hmm. Just eat less. By this point, I count there's 17 people total like participating, so it's a Mm good-sized group here in this very tiny room. And all the participants are super nice. I think I liked all these people pretty oh, yeah. much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Marla comes up and she rings her Whoa, bell. Whoa, Marla who? Rucker. <gasps> uh, she rings her bell, but it's not working. Yeah. So, so she's like, ding, 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 ding. She had told us how easy it was before. Yeah. And now she's getting kind of frustrated with us. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, now you all know each other. You all chit, chit, chat. <laughs> Yeah, that's you and I, we paid attention after the first round. Yeah, we, we, were, we were like, let's get this shit done. We're good. <laughs> yeah, we're that too. locked in. Hi, hi. What do you need? So we'll call him Tom, Tom. our next instructor. Cool. A uh, sweet guy. He's saying, oh, yeah, we need to make 2016 look like we want our Facebook feeds to look like. Right. Yeah. He has, yep. for me at least, he had a little less charisma than the previous guy. Yeah. Who, even though the previous guy talked like he was falling asleep on a train. <laughs> and yet this guy, at least, he stayed standing. He seemed a little more engaged. I kind of liked his energy a little better. Oh, okay. So he had us all raise our right hands and swear that we would uh, keep all of this safe so that we could all be sharing with one another without fear of judgment. And we were thinking, we have a podcast. No. Anything that we say about the participants, we won't be using the real names partly for that reason. Yep, yep. He, he brought out a giant post-it on an easel and wrote... <laughs> Deep work in all caps. And then asked us like if we had ever heard of it. It's like Yeah. Have you guys yes? ever heard of flow? So when you're getting your work done. Sure. sure. Yeah, in you're the in flow. the zone. Yeah. Yep. Good. He talks about notifications and email and how there's so many little distractions in life. Oh, true. All true. true. true, true, true how do we get work done? By doing it. Yep. Yep, that is how we get work done. In 2016, you need to take certain times where you set aside time. And then he separates out the fun stuff, Uh which like coming up with a name for your business, and the tough stuff, filling out all the forms, paperwork, planning. That's all true. (laughs) Very helpful. Uh, So we do some exercises. We have one minute to quietly think about this past year and why we didn't accomplish things. That we wanted to. It's just a little presumptuous. He, d- he didn't even ask like, how do you feel about 2015? He was like, let's all write down why we failed. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that other guy who's perfectly oh. happy with his life is yeah, like, I've got only successes. Yeah, he writes down like, I guess I failed at failing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So uh, then he gave us four minutes to just write down. He wanted us to write a litany. I, th- I thought I understood the instructions to be kind of write down what you did and then what you didn't do. So I wrote a few successes. Oh, yeah, I think I did. Too. And then I wrote my failures. I think I did too, but yeah, I'm not sure that's what he said or not. But I, 
maybe defensively at least I did that. Like, well, I did accomplish something. <laughs> yeah. Me, mister. Yeah, so maybe I misunderstood because it seemed everybody else was just talking about negative stuff all Yeah, night. true. But I wrote out a good-sized paragraph because I can write quickly. This year I graduated from grad school. Like, I couldn't really pass it off as like, oh, what a bummer year. <laughs> I got my master's degree. <laughs> Top-tier <laughs> university. <laughs> Which is interesting because that's probably how you had to end up saying it, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so we write down all of these failures from the past year and then he wants us to break up into groups of two and he has like the other side of the table come and sit opposite us so it's this long u-shaped table so no one's sitting on the inside right so he has the outside of the other half of the u come over and sit on the inside of the u facing us right i hope that made sense he wants them to read what they just wrote about what they didn't accomplish in the previous year. But in different characters. Yeah, so he wanted us to read first in, oh yeah, victim mode or victim Uh, voice. voice, yeah. You know, you're supposed to say it like this. Mm -hmm. I didn't do any work on writing a book that I wanted to write. Even though... Even though I had plenty of time to do it and I just put it off. Before we actually get to doing this, he asked someone to give an example. And this one guy, this guy ended up liking a lot who we'll call Glenn. He's like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And then he tells his own story, which turns out to be like really sad. He's like, I guess I could tell it like this. Like, my wife's Alzheimer's just makes everything so hard. We're trying to move and she can't remember where anything is. And so she's not sure who I am. Just like, oh my God, you don't even need to do the voice, man. <laughs> yeah. That's really sad. The voice is implied. Yeah. He put himself out there and yeah, yeah. he nailed the tone. Yeah. It just like shows how forced this exercise is. Right. We're supposed to sit next to each other and say this for four minutes at a time. And so by necessity, you have to read it multiple times. Right. Because nobody in four minutes wrote Enough to yes. take up five minutes Although of speaking. Although it wasn't totally clear to me, do I have to read this verbatim in these different voices or just tell the same story, kind of emphasizing different things oh, for that character? Yeah, maybe. But I either way, it was repeated. I ended up doing both. Okay. Yeah. yeah, either way, you had to start at the beginning if you had run out. I matched up with a lady and she says in the victim voice her sad story many times. I don't right. know how many. And so then we switch, but you and I stay seated and everybody else kind of rotates. So we get another person. Right. He wants you to say it all over again, but now in a British voice. Yeah. Which some people are like, sure, whatever. And then other people get super locked up about whether they do a big, <laughs> yes. good British accent, which is not the point. That was the woman in front of oh me. My God. She was um, a very attractive woman. She looked a lot like the, the woman from How I Met Your Mother, Robin. I don't know anything about How I Kobe Met Your Mother. Kobe Smolders is the actress. Anyway, she oh. looked like her. And so she's just fretting about her British accent. I was like, well, that's fine. I'm not going to do any better. So uh-huh, sure. just keep reading. Oh, who cares? <laughs> so she spends like three minutes reading her failures from the past last year and two minutes worried that her British voice is not impressing me. Oh, (laughs) no. Oh, and then the guy who does everything well in life and is totally happy, he comes to me next. Ah. And this is where we're supposed to use the cheerleader voice. Oh, boy. And so you say all the things that you didn't accomplish over the past year, but in a cheerleader voice. Oh, right. He's got like this super tan face and his long blonde hair pulled back in a ponytail. And he's just telling me in a cheerleader voice about how great his life is. <laughs> it's like, did, did you not get the Prompt. exercise? <laughs> you were supposed to- 
<laughs> Although, like, that at least makes more sense. It would seem mildly instructive if it's like, look, you can tell the same story and emphasize different things and make them completely different mm-hmm. angles, right? Like, you can look at last year as a success or you can look at it as a failure. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would almost make s- Well, that would make sense. Yeah. Even if it would be, like, a little trite. Because if we learn nothing in this class, uh, this is learned, just you like can, voice exercises. You can flip things around. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so he's telling me about all the successes, and then I didn't have the heart to tell him to do it again. But we had like three more minutes, so I just started chatting with him, uh, yeah. uh, building affinity. And he was telling me about how he is a treasure a hunter. A treasure hunter. That is what he does for uh-huh. a job. And I guess he got in legal trouble <laughs> to go back to the U.S. <laughs> yeah. for a while. Tell me about that too. Oh, that's awesome. We do not condone his pirating practices or I- <laughs> whatever he's doing out there. I'm glad that he mostly feels like his life is going well because uh, some of it's, you know, a little shit. <laughs> not going perfect. Yeah, he didn't tell me any of that stuff. I guess he told you all these sad things about his yes, daughters. One daughter being an addict and he's like trying to help her and I think she's doing pretty well. His other daughter is a recovered addict, but her boyfriend just died of cancer. So he's oh, been helping man. her and he's afraid she's going to relapse. Like it was just like all oh, real tough stuff. The woman who was talking to me next was just saying that she has no purpose in life she doesn't even know who she is yeah and so she'd finish that and be like okay i guess guess you do that again now <laughs> <laughs> so she had to like say that all again to be yeah. like all right well i guess guess keep going uh-huh. and so she said it to me at least three times it i was- think i made her do that too because <laughs> so i remember with one person being like I feel really bad asking you to do that again, but I guess that's what you have to do. And this whole time, do. we haven't had to say anything. Everyone's telling us uh-huh, their sob stories. Just nodding. So then it turns around finally, and we get to start telling people about our failures. But like the second time we do it, they have us... Slightly different. Well, the first group had to do one thing we didn't, and we did something yeah. they didn't do. Well, and we had to speak an alien, an alien? Yeah. talk. And apparently, you're, you're really good at that. <laughs> but I would get out like a few sentences of like, Crypto Mimico, Nibdiraptu. Somehow it worked out that I had two people people facing me this time uh-huh. and so i would like say all this nonsense and i'm like oh, i have to keep going uh-huh. all right gumda tipu sounds like you're just like an eight-year-old trying to do native american <laughs> names i was trying to give emphasis and like you know make exclamations at first and then i was just like make this end this is so awkward yeah and what are we learning at this point Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. Uh, I guess it's to make it seem silly and detach ourselves from our failures. I'm guessing that was oh, the lesson. Maybe. It's you a- know what? Actually, now I think about it, it's a little, we haven't gotten to this place in Scientology yet, but it's a little like auditing. It's like, just keep running through this until it yes. doesn't have the same emotional attachment. You know what? Yeah. I think so. I think that's huh, totally what's going on. Certainly in repetition. Uh, so yeah, we went through all of that. Then he handed out the large uh, post-it sheets to each of us. Yes. Yeah. Big uh, this is where our lives changed, Ross. Hey, look, Carrie, I've got mine here. Mine, I'm pretty sure I threw away that night. That was a good call. I have. Okay, so Ross is holding it up. It's probably what? Two feet by three feet. And you've drawn 12 boxes yeah, on it. Yeah, he has drawn 12 boxes. So I went on the floor. I wanted to get this right. Drew 12 Me too. nice boxes in purple marker. So then he has this right in the first box. Very little in the way of instructions. So Yes. So we've given you all the instructions that we got. Draw 12 large boxes. Okay, I assume they're equal size. Yeah, I assume they take up the whole thing. A three okay. by four grid would make sense. Okay. Uh-huh. In the first box, right? Who, what, when, where, why? Uh, Okay, Um, I assume big. And so like I fill up the whole box with those. And he says, 
Next to who, write... Write a whole sentence. Who am I accountable to? I was like, oh, I didn't leave room for that. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I'm writing it real small and there's an arrow to it. Next to what, write consequence slash reward. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, I wrote it. Next to where, write, where am I doing this? And so it's these little prompts on how to like evaluate what you're trying to do. Okay, uh-huh. so that's the first square. And, and s- then he makes it clear that we've drawn 12 because there are 12 months in a year, but we've spent the first box just filling it up with rhetorical questions. Right. Then he wants us in that same first box to write something we want to accomplish tonight because there's one day left of uh-huh. January. Well, there's no more room left. Yeah, there's no room in the month or the box. So I had to write in the February box. But at this point, you know, I'm not keeping this all year so who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah exactly like this this is already useless so you wrote use an entire day of a weekend to edit audio for a podcast episode because cool. i knew i had to work on that oh, okay we had a podcast too. <laughs> something i knew i had to do anyway yeah. i want i wonder if there's anybody in that class who has their large post-it <laughs> up on the refrigerator and, and they're huge huge ross just said a donald trump so he also finished up with a lot of other little platitudes that was pretty much it for tom's presentation and so then we got we clap for tom marla comes back at one point she was like i love it when they speak because i always learn something new and i'm thinking what and they're each, what did you learn they're each talking about how motivational the other one is like mm-hmm. tom comes up he's like i don't know how i can follow jim i mean every time i hear him i just i come away so motivated yeah to <laughs> give the next talk so marla came up the marla brucker told Whoa. Told us a little bit about her own past. And she said that she started as a rehabilitation counselor for the deaf. Mm-hmm. And you can hypnotize the deaf. Oh, wow. So in case you were worried about that. I looked up her LinkedIn. She made like a big deal of how like this is where she started out, you know, and what she's an expert in. Okay. Guess how long she worked with the deaf. Oh, well, you're asking that. So I'm going to say two years. Two years. Two hey. years and four months. Okay. No, that's nothing. But it was in 1978. Oh, wow. I was not born yet. Me neither. Okay. So uh, she was struggling with self-doubt, but then she was able to become head of a national women's organization. Which organization is that, Carrie? You know, I don't know. Uh, Not going to say that it's a lie, but I searched all over and can't find what she's the head of. Okay, but it's national. It's probably true. I just, I don't know how big and prominent this group is. Coast to coast. Now she trains others to use the power of hypnosis. Anyways, that's just to teach you that you need to start with a goal. And today, the goal... Is to walk over coals. That walk was pretty good, Marla. Actually, I, I was impressed. Oh, oh, I see. It it's, rhymes. It rhymes. Yeah, mm-hmm. very good. She tells us that she's going to teach us how to use energy in our mind and body to help us walk across the coals. So really, we could have started at this point, yeah. and that would have been great for yeah, a fire walking yeah. seminar. But no, we are now two hours into the class. But we all learned worked on our voice work. We're all very good voice actors at this point. Oh, I'm not. Oh, my God. The person who I did my very bad Dick Van Dyke Cockney for was so impressed. I don't know, Yeah, guy. exactly. <laughs> hey, well, let's say in 2015, I got so much damn. <laughs> Could have done more. Intentionally stupid, you know. <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. How do you do that? So uh, Marla lets us in on this little piece of information. 1,500 times per minute, your mind runs through things. Okay. Stop. (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) Do you mean it has any kind of thought? What part of what I said did not make sense? 1,500 times per minute, Carrie, your mind runs through things. I mean, (laughs) if you mean running my entire body, I'm sure that 
works out somehow. It's 25 things per second. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can believe my brain is working on 25. It's multitasking. Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't say we're conscious of all that. Right. We're not. (laughs) We're definitely not. So we get... But if we're counting things like breathing, sure. Uh, So the way to get past it is to stop rumination and say, stop. Or something else. Stop it. Whatever it is that just gets you to stop overthinking and uh, focus on what you do want, not what you don't. And that's really important. So there's some guidelines she gives us in how to state our goals. Yes. Speak in the present tense. Stay positive. So you wouldn't want to say, I want to stop procrastinating. You'd say, I want to focus on the things I actually want to do or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Don't say you're fearless because that has the word fear in it. Right. Say, I am courageous. Right. Except it was weird when she said that. She's like, don't say I'm fearless because that says fear. Say I'm. And then she like couldn't think of a word. <laughs> yeah. She's What's like, like I'm, of- I'm. And I was like, brave. And she's like, no. Like, <laughs> courageous. All right. All right. <laughs> That's the word she wanted. You may have to fake it till you make it. Mm. Well, this is what we were getting. Positive focus weakens the negative. Acknowledge victories. Uh, create and manifest great things, great. But you know, with each one of these, there would be someone in the room who'd be like, oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. And then write it down. She said uh, to avoid words like try and hope and wish mm-hmm. and maybe There's and no try. Very good. Thank you, Star Wars. Look at you quoting yeah, Yoda. Yeah, that's good. right. I have other news for you. Guess I'm what? Pretty impressed. Thank right you. Uh, Ross, do is it? or do not. There is no there try. There is no try. Yeah. I've heard enough people do Ooh. that. <laughs> well done. I have great news for you. Okay. Chewbacca is a Wookiee. <gasps> well done, <laughs> Carrie. You. you know what planet he comes from? Give me like three options. Uh, Kashyyyk, Woltar, or Martan. Woltar? <laughs> Kashyyyk. Um, and has three Ys in a row. Oh, Crazy. Wow. I should have used like actual other planets from Star Wars. Well, I've heard of Tatooine. Okay. What's that? That would have thrown you. That's the desert planet that Luke starts on. Oh, okay. Guess who Luke's dad is. Darth Vader. Well, that's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're right. Forever. For no one but me, but yes. Okay. So uh, the words that we are advised to use are, I choose, I am, I allow, I believe. I, I allow I will procrastinate. I will procrastinate. I am going to procrastinate. <laughs> the two words that we never use when making our goals are don't and not. Mm. Okay? Because if someone says, I don't procrastinate, all you hear is, I procrastinate. Mm. And again, the fearless thing, don't say that because that has the word fear in it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So here's when she starts with some demos. Yes. So she has one this of- This is where I sort of lose all faith in her. She brings up one of the ladies. Yes, the lady who wanted to do podcasting, who I had a I had a liking for. And she has her say, I am Kelly. Yes. Okay, but while she's saying this, she's holding her arm out straight in front of her. Parallel Mar- to the floor. Marla Brucker pushes down on Kelly's arm, and the arm is just solid. Can't move it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, Kelly, say, I am George. And now the arm gets pushed down. Oh, my goodness. Very easily. I wrote in my notes here, Jesus. Because <laughs> 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 this is a thing. We talked about it once before. Yeah, the guy in our reflexology episode who also had, like, special water. He was an interesting fellow. Yeah, like in these quantum medallions. Yeah. And that's what he was testing out. He's doing applied kinesiology. That's right. what it's called. And she said it. She called it that, too. Um, so applied kinesiology is, like, at least in our experience, is, like, a known parlor trick. Yep. It's one of those things that... 
you really can't do without knowing that you're doing it. So there are like, there are some things where, yeah, you might completely have faith in it and be a so-called expert in it Mm -hmm. and do it your whole life and not know that anything screwy is going on. Oh, mediumship. Sure, mediumship. But uh, applied kinesiology, like in order to get that arm to go down when you're actually applying. Someone's balancing. Yeah, when someone's balancing and they're actually trying to fight your arm from pushing their arm down. In order to do that, like you have to do a couple little tricks you like push down and away from their body push down and away so that you're like getting their uh center of gravity off is one way or just plain don't push very hard the first time and push hard the second time and you know you're doing it so we just moved over into spoon bending territory right where, you know, you very clearly know what the method you are using. Right. She did this and, uh, you know, the audience went, wow. She told us that uh, these imbalances arise when we have homolateral mode instead of a bilateral mode. (laughs) Everything else was all about that, how the body gets off balance, like if you wear the purse on one side of your body. Yeah, so she has the same woman stand up and walk across the room with her purse like on her shoulder, like the strap is over her right shoulder yeah. and then the purse is hanging on her right side. And this just throws her completely off. So then she does the implied kinesiology and she's just weak. She falls over. Yeah, but if she pushes it across her body so the strap is on the left, but the purse itself is hanging on the right... Everything's a-okay. So then she calls up another lady and she has her walk forward and then she's really weak. And she says, now walk around the room backwards. Backwards. The and lady comes sudden, back backwards again. and now now she's really strong. And everyone's what? like super impressed by this. Yeah, and then it just becomes like, okay, so I would never be able to trust the results then. Because like <laughs> if, I, if I'm if i like, should I eat this rat poison? Oh, my arm went down. <laughs> you know, then like, I don't know if it's because my purse is on the wrong shoulder. I don't know if it's because I just walked backwards. Like, this is useless. And she brings up another lady and she has her read a sentence forwards and she's weak and she has her read the sentence backwards and now she's, she's strong. strong. And it's like somehow what? you're undoing years of imbalance by doing this one thing. Yeah. And she said that she uses this technique on her children. She knows that her children don't dare lie to her because she's going to use that applied kinesiology to yeah. see if they're lying or not. Or whether they wore their purse on the wrong side. And one of the ladies in the audience, she chimed in. She's like, I do that too to I my kids. I do that kids. with my sons. I would be like... Like, did you take something from the cookie jar? And down that arm would go. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, that's so And sad. then I always try to, uh, you know, play dumb a little bit. I'll be like, so is this something that I can do at home? Because I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, if they're going to be like, yeah, do it with your friends. Because if I don't know the trick... I'm not going to be able to do it with my friends. Right. Uh, but she was like, oh, yeah, anyone can do it now. It does take some experience to uh, like be able to tell whether your results are legitimate. All right, all right. You got to take her classes at the Motivational right. Institute of Hypnotherapy. Yeah, I always wonder, like, do they teach? At what point are you finally taught, like, okay, listen, you have to, like, kind of pull out a little, <laughs> a little bit when you're trying to make them fall over. You know, like, yeah, does anyone that, ever finally do that or just have to kind of pick up on it or what? Yeah, or you just keep saying, yeah, but a little more like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a lot of modeling. Yeah, maybe. But you're right. At some point, you have to teach the trick. Yeah. That's why you never really have like spoon benders teaching each other. Right. When they're teaching a lesson, it's just say bend. Right. Say bend. That's weird. It's not bending. Okay, now push it over with your hand. Wait, mm-hmm. wait, what? 
<laughs> Someone related to me claims that he went to a spoon bending class where he saw the spoons bend while no one was touching them. Oh. And then he and uh, another relative of mine and I like sat in a circle and held hands and he was like, you just have to believe it. Like, let's look at the spoon and let's tell it to bend. And we were like, bend, bend, bend. And it didn't bend. That's the end of that story. (laughs) Good story. Now, full disclosure, you and I taught a spoon bending course. We did. At Max FunCon. The story I just told was way before we taught that course, but yes. Uh, Then she launched into some more exercises for us to learn how to reestablish bilateral symmetry in our bodies. Which is very important. I don't know. She had some other way of saying it. Some weird thing about like reconnecting to the cross crawl or something. <laughs> she she said like this long string of words, and I like asked her like, wait, 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 can you say that one part again? And she got confused, and she said something else. I was like, no, oh, what, uh-huh. what did you say? The what final- was the nonsense part? What was the nonsense part? <laughs> Finally, I gave up. Like, all right, whatever. That was weird. So I read down the best approximation I could. But yeah, homolateral mode bad. Bilateral mode, good. Audience, wow. Uh, (laughs) So um, she taught us tap the upper chest. Yes. So you cross your hands kind of butterfly-like over your chest, and you just lightly flutter the the wings on your chest. Yep, right, kind of below the clavicle. It kind of reminds me, actually, of uh, when we were in the OTO where we had to, like, uh, during their communion, we would cross our hands and say, there is no part of me that is not not of of the the gods. gods. (laughs) Very similar. It's kind of a lovely saying. Sure, fun to say front of a group of people in a yeah. dark basement. So we'd fluttery tap our chest and we we're told that the K27th is under the clavicle and and this reconnects something or rather. Yeah. <laughs> Did I get that right, yeah, Gary? Yeah, yeah. Maybe some details missing. But yeah, I th- I think the idea was that yeah, if you like stimulate that it helps to get both sides of your body back into sync instead of operating on different wavelengths. Mhm. Yeah, so you I think do chakras that. might have been invoked. There was another trick as well where you oh yes. boy, this is hard to explain, but okay, you hold your your hands out in front of your face with <laughs> okay. your palms down, mm-hmm. and then you interlace your fingers. Okay, uh, carries interdigitating. You bring that toward your head, and you put your thumbs on your forehead. Okay, yeah, well described so far. <laughs> and then you pull the thumbs apart from one another, but now you're just kind of scratching them along the front of your forehead. Yeah, so you're rubbing your thumbs your over your brow temples. ridge. Yeah, toward your temples. Yeah. And you just go back and back. forth a couple times. Yep. And what do you know? Can you believe it? You're okay now. Yep. Now you might be thinking, what does this got to do with walking on fire? We're not sure. <laughs> but here's what I do know. Yeah. You want both of your sides in sync before you walk on fire. That's true. That would be very dangerous if you went without your sides in sync. Oh, yeah. We also learned that giraffes do not cross their bodies. Like they do not cross the line of symmetry as they're walking. And they are the only animal that does that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I so do not, A, trust that. <laughs> Or B, know if it's relevant to anything. (laughs) Yeah, I don't either. I consider Um, all of that information completely suspect. (laughs) So, A, you're lying. B, why? As the late Christopher Hitchens would say, that which can be asserted without evidence can be... (laughs) Dismissed without evidence. So uh, take that take that. My favorite Christopher Hitchensism is still there's a book inside everyone, and for most people that's where it should stay. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of our favorite Groucho Marx quote. Oh, it's so good. Outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's two 
dark to read. <laughs> It's called a garden path phrase. Is it? Yeah, oh, we talked yeah, about it before. That's, that's right. It means, yeah, because you're like, you're being led down a path <laughs> thinking that this structure is going to go one way and then it suddenly right. wears off. He was the master of that. <gasps> Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. <laughs> happened so we learned some other important things like uh you can put your hands together kind of like uh the praying right stance but like pointing the fingers forward uh Mm -hmm. perpendicular to your body Mm -hmm. and then you cross your thumbs over yes kind of like you're having a thumb war with yourself and that helps balance you as well oh you know what and i think one time she had us do that as well we we started oh you're right on our head with the prayer pose and then separated the thumbs prayer pose but yeah with your thumb sticking out touching your forehead yep and we learned that like if you put your your palm down on the top of your head and push down that is strong but then if you turn your palm upward on the top of your head and push down, that is weak. Yeah, all right. Can we firewalk? <laughs> oh, boy. There's one young lady we haven't really mentioned here oh, yet. Oh, no. Yeah, th- guys, let me prepare you. This is where it becomes a bummer. Yeah. And at first, she just seemed like really excited and involved in the class. And she yeah. showed up late to the class. Because she had been there for a completely different thing. She, she was came at that to do same, Tai Chi. Yeah. And, and she ran she into ran someone. she ran into a friend from, from our something class, else. And she brought us in. And she was like, hey, come on into this. And so she decided to join us for firewalking. And boy, was it the Lord's work. And oh, she was so excited after learning all of these balancing techniques. Uh-huh. And she just exclaimed. And I'm, I feel bad now that I was like just writing it down as she was uh, talking but she said I'm exactly where I know I need to be right now all you're saying is exactly right I think I was hypnotized by someone and I was walking backward through traffic I was curled up in a ball and people thought I was homeless I'm not going to name the person who hypnotized me but I'm not scared to walk on the coals now because I ran across a freeway and uh, and we're and just she, sitting there like our jaws dropped. Like, yeah. Oh, what's happening here? There were like some more meandering details that came and went. But yeah, the picture I got was that she was walking backwards on busy streets and she told herself that she was going to walk by faith alone. So she was just going to keep walking and trust that God was going to take care of her into traffic. Oh, no, honey. Don't do that. Yeah, it just sounds like, okay, like a person with a mental illness. Yeah. And uh, this is a good time, right, for the people running the show to be like, oh, geez, um, I am really glad you got here because I can encourage you not to try an experiment like that because we never know how those things will end up. You know, like some redirection. Yeah, no, none of that. No, they were just like... Oh, well, that's great. Well, look at that. 
Matt, you are supposed to be here. Wonderful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, what else did we learn? We learned that fear is just false emotions appearing real. I've heard that before. Like every cliche was worked into this class somehow. Yeah, and then someone else is like, I thought it was fuck everything and run. Oh, and we all <laughs> chuckled that at that. too. Yep. Sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Can we firewall? <laughs> nope. You need to learn about multitasking. <laughs> Uh, you need to learn some more exercises. Oh, yeah. So we learned one where, um, goodness, you uh, sit on the edge of your seat, and then you cross your right leg over your left, and then you cross the left hand on your chest over your right hand. Don't even try to follow along at home. There's no point. But uh, basically, you're crossing as much of yourself over to the y- other side as yeah, you can. Yeah, so you're reestablishing these uh, bilateral symmetries, I guess. And then you breathe in with your tongue at the top of your mouth, and then you breathe out with the tongue on the bottom of your mouth. Very important. So we sit and do that for a few minutes. Yeah, there was another one that was like really intricate where we had to sit back from the table, and we put our right foot on our left legs, and then we take our left hand, put it on the right ankle... And then we put the right hand on the sole you of that put your foot. On the sole of that foot. And then you breathe in deeply three times. And you do that on the other side. So, yeah, we did all of these along with her. So, we're good and balanced now. Yeah. We are so ready all for this firewalking. <clears throat> and there's never really an explanation of like what this actually does other than making applied kinesiology work. Like, why does this matter for firewalking? Why do I need yeah, to be all Yeah, it's all just up? implied. Yeah, that, that this helps somehow. You don't want to go out there with an imbalance. Right, So Fine. then uh, they had to sign a waiver before the class. I guess that was just a general one saying they could kick us out if we were uh, disruptive and we wouldn't get a refund. And then they gave us another one. Uh, which I have here because they never asked for it back. Same with mine. And it was it was like you couldn't find someone to give it to. So so it's a liability release form, and uh, so we're signing away any um, you know claims about injury that might happen to us. And uh, yeah, no one ever collected. No one ever wanted to collect the other one either. And I like sought someone out and gave it to them. But this time I was like, fine, I'm keeping it. So yeah, it was a thing that basically says like we won't sue you if we get injured, which is kind of a big deal in firewalking. You think uh, they'd like make sure they got these? Yeah, please hand those in. Or like, let's check to make sure everyone signed them before we send them out on hot calls. Yeah, or give them to me. So this was now three hours after the class had started. And we finally have Julian. Uh, we're using his real name. He is a firewalking expert. I think that's fair uh, to say. Yes, he's a priest of firewalking. Oh. Yes, featured, I looked up his LinkedIn. Featured on National Geographic. Yes, we're going to put the video on our Facebook page. So he came up and told us... Another he, young white man. Uh, dressed in all white. Yes. And uh, with blonde hair. So mm-hmm. very... That's the theme. Very light appearance to this fellow. He kind of reiterated what everyone else had said and how motivational and wonderful that all was. Said that we are all creators and manifestors. Mm-hmm. And that God yeah. created us in his image. And he said, let there be light. Okay. So this was like the first God talk, but he seemed to be kind of religious. Uh, Genesis 127, by the way. Hey, Hey. nicely done. Thank you. The creating us in his own image part. Let there be light came earlier. Same chapter. So uh, so yeah, we all went outside. He had already prepared in the parking lot. It was right next to the grass. Like a few feet from the grass, and I almost felt like, like, why is it not farther from the grass? Because uh, we're lighting grass the fire. Grass is flammable. But it was fine. It all worked out. He knows what he's doing. He's a priest. So yeah, it was 10 feet long and maybe mm, 
two to three feet wide. Yeah. And they were crisscross logs stacked pretty high. Mm -hmm. uh, a few layers there. Uh, he offered for people to grab newspapers and stuff them in between the cracks. Uh, and I was like, uh, no thanks. And it's like all the men of the class uh -huh. immediately, immediately jump in like, like, make fire. That's what we are to do. We make the yeah. fire. In their defense, none of the women, everyone was like, go to town, guys. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, we're like, women, stand back. Right, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> we were the klutzos who ran out there. And then Julian started dousing the whole thing with uh, lighter fluid and, uh, and then lit it on fire. Yeah. It was and on then, fire. Yeah, and then it feels like very dramatic. And then they're like, now this is going to take like a solid hour to burn down. So if you guys want to oh, take what a are, walk or. What, what are we going to do oh, for okay. this hour? Oh, well, uh, you know. Go back in the room. Or... Couldn't, couldn't we have lit this fire An like hour ago? at the last break? Yeah. And then now it would be ready. Then you'd be here and you'd just be watching. <laughs> no, okay. We could have started right. the class maybe an hour later. Okay. We'll all just start making YouTube videos, okay? <laughs> so, so, yeah, we're all taking selfies with the fire. And, and this one adorable older woman approached uh, yes. you. She saw that you were a guy who would know how to he take a He knows technology. Video. She was like, excuse me, one of my goals for 2016 is to make a video of myself. That's what she'd written in her box there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So will you help me uh, do that? And then like the video that she so took is so cute. She's like, will you be in the video? And then she turns around and like turns on the video, which you show her how to she do. She had an iPhone. So yeah, yeah, it was just a little selfie video. And she and I are talking together. And she's like, this is my friend Ross. And we're at the firewalking seminar. And I'd like to thank Jody and Susan who are putting this up for me on YouTube. Ross here knows how to take a video. And he taught me how to do it. You know, she's just like, she doesn't have anything to say. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then there are, there's she an extensive list She was essentially all of, of our moms. Right. And then there's an extensive list of thank yous of the people involved in the making uh -huh. of the video. Uh, real cute. She was adorable. Yeah. and I took a pic of you guys. Call her Bonnie. Uh, she followed me around and she was telling me about Tony Robbins because uh, we were saying, oh, he does firewalking seminars. Oh, yeah, I did it once with him many, many years ago. And then she was uh, telling me about another guy that she likes even better. Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor. So she highly recommended that I seek out his videos. And he's a big deal, I guess, in the motivation circuit. Uh -huh. It was uh, cute. I spent a lot of time talking to her for the rest of the evening. And so, yeah, we sat and we, we watched it burn. And there was like a wedding going on at the same area because it's a very good kind of spot for a wedding. And they kept coming over. Over and and they were like watching the big fire, this large pyre looking thing. And I went to the bathroom and one of the guys was like, are you really going to do it? <laughs> Hour later, it had finally kind of burnt down and it was dark at this point. So Julian is raking the coals, pushing them out, getting them all even. And they're still pretty well lit at this point. Yeah, they're like a hot orange. And so obviously you have to let the fire die down. You can't just go walking through a live fire. So mm -hmm. there's some physics involved here, people. Yep. Clearly. He's been doing this many years and he says that he's a little embarrassed because he once badly burnt himself. And some other people. Oh, did, were there other people burnt? Yeah, yeah. So he was saying that it was in Israel and he kind of like glossed over this, but he was like, the wood wasn't as... Oh, that's seasons right. as I'd like it to be. Mm -hmm. And I went through with it anyway. I burned myself really bad. And then these, and he's like, the guys who were there to do it were like these real like gruff macho guys. And so they like insisted on uh, doing it. So and I was like, mm, I don't remember that part of the story. Okay. Make you. Uh, so I guess they burned themselves really badly. Oh, too. no. Yeah. Yeah. He said he didn't do it for many years after that. Yeah. Which was, I mean, good of him to admit. And then we're like, uh, how seasoned so do you feel this wood is? And then he's like, eh, it's a little less than I'd like. 
<laughs> so he's really encouraging. Yeah, yeah, he's like, but this should be okay. And everyone's looking at each other like, uh, hmm, okay. Aww. So about how long is this? He says it's a 10-foot walk that's standard. Right. And, and I said, what is the, the longest you can do? Like, uh-huh. you know, that's a, a healthy, survivable amount. And, you know, I'm not trying to pretend it's mind over matter. I'm just asking, how, right. how long can you make these things? And he said, oh, well, one person once attempted 160 feet. And I said, oh, oh okay. I, I hear the word attempted in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that asked for a follow-up. Did, did they make it? Oh, no, he made it about three quarters of the way. Oh, and it just got too hot to handle. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All so right. then I said. Didn't answer my question. I don't remember if this is while you were standing there, but I asked him, so what is this? Is it like a science trick or is it, is my brain doing it? You know, or something like that. Honest question. Yeah. And he, uh, he's like, no, oh, well, you know, it's just kind of, uh, depends what you think. <coughs> okay. Well, what do you think? And, uh, and he's like, hey, no, I think it's, uh, I think it's a number of things. I think it's a lot of things. I think, uh, <laughs> he just wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't commit to anything. No. Yeah. When I was asking him like, oh, so, uh, do you do longer ones ever? He's like, well, this is a good length for a group. Right. All okay. right. So then Kelly, who we mentioned before, yeah. delightful woman, she pulls out her phone and she's, because she's looking at, at us kind of like, this is weird. He's not answering you. Yeah. So yeah. she pulls out her phone. She like pulls up. And she's up, a very assertive kind of bold talker. Yeah. So she pulls up this UCLA write up about firewalking uh-huh. uh, by a physics professor. And she reads it. She gets like, I don't know, maybe a page in uh-huh. of internet text. And she just looks up and she's like, yeah, this is physics. <laughs> yeah that was oh, awesome all right yep. all right cool kelly sweet <laughs> she, she got it so then i continue to talk to her for a little bit she's the one who wants to start a podcast and yes. so i being a real dumb dumb mm-hmm. was like uh and wanting to help her you know i was like uh oh so you want to start a podcast and she said yeah and i was like you know um i've taught a podcasting seminar before uh <laughs> if you need like any you know just like basic help and if you oh. need any advice now, but not later. Right. And then uh, and then she's like, oh, cool. Where'd you teach it? I said, USC. And she's like, oh, that's so neat. That's so neat. So do you podcast? And I don't know <laughs> why I thought like we wouldn't get this far in the conversation. And this is clearly like question number two. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, what do you podcast about? Oh, um, and now you're answering like Julian, right? I was like, uh, like just like uh, sciencey, th- just like sciencey things, sciencey things. What's your last name? Let me yeah. look you up right now. Yeah, and then she's like, "What's it called?" And now we've got two problems. Oh no! Number one, I'm not gonna tell. Oh what no, it's that's the name of our podcast. Look- <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I don't want her to look it up right now. Yeah, and two, if I just say the name, she's gonna be like Ross and Carrie. Is it that Ross? <laughs> so, uh, so I said it's called. Oh no. And she's like, that, that's it. <laughs> I just think, like, I'm like picturing inside her brain that I'm like, I'm a podcasting expert. What do I make? A show called Oh No about science. Like, she just sounds so crazy. Uh, <laughs> Good job. She really politely was like, oh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's it Please well mission done. accomplished Bye-bye. you got her uninterested yeah. in your podcast yeah but anyway it turned out she had gone to a podcasting seminar by someone else anyway so she she just hadn't followed through oh, with okay. the advice given she's in the know yeah so um yeah now it's time to walk and a, a bunch of other people kind of went before me maybe like three or four people mm-hmm. and uh, so then it was my turn I was all excited just to be clear Julian went first he did test the waters oh, for us so yes. to speak 
Good point. The fires. And now you've got coals. They're still glowing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still pretty red. And then at the end of it, the, he had placed like a little bit of astroturf that was damp. So you could step onto that and cool your feet down a little bit and wipe off the embers. You wanna, right. Obviously, if, if one of those has clung to the bottom of your foot. Because you he thing said off. you don't want any Klingons. Klingons. That's yeah. right. That's Star Trek, everybody. Well done. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I walked over it. Carrie took a video of me. Uh-huh. Share that with you all. And I walked too slowly. I realized like, mm. ow, ow, ow. Like, it's hot. Uh-huh, it's sure. It's like hot. around a thousand degrees. And I wasn't fearful at all. Oh, <laughs> they had told us, by the way, that you cannot have two goals in your mind when you're doing this. You need to have a single yes. goal. And so we had assigned ourselves tasks where I would do the opposite of what they said, and you would do exactly what they said. Right. So uh, as I was walking... I said, new language, 30 bucks. New language, 30 bucks. So I wanted to learn a new language and read 30 bucks. And so I repeated that over and over in my head as I walked across the coals. How was it? Okay. How was it? Oh, uh, hot. Yeah. <laughs> it is hot. You feel it and you're like, oh, oh boy, this is, <laughs> gotta keep moving. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. See if you can get my feet. Do you have any tips um, for me? Walk quickly, maybe a little quicker than I did. I definitely <laughs> felt it. Wait, let me see your other foot. Okay, we got one foot. Yeah, pretty gunked up. Okay. okay. And the other foot? The other foot. Yeah. Yep. Hey. Uh, hey. So it was very hot, but I made it. Uh, so then. A uh, few other people went. Bon- All of the other people went. Okay. You you saved it for last. <laughs> I was scared. I was legit scared. Bonnie wasn't sure if she was going to do it. And she's probably in her early 70s, like 60s. Mm, oh, at least 70s. Okay. And so she at first wasn't even going to do it. She'd done this 30 years before. Finally, she had uh, some men kind of uh, like hold her hands on either side and walk her across. Right. And she was good. So Which then- is nice because like, because one of the men's Julian and then like he's sort of setting the pace for you. He knows how fast to walk. I thought yeah. that was very smart. And yeah, he was telling us all take very quick, high steps mm-hmm. and he'd walk very assuredly along the outside of the fire pit there. So yeah, so you were up last then. Yes. And as I walked up, uh, everyone was just sort of looking at me like, okay, it's time. And the girl who, you know, we keep saying uh, was, she was the most eager to go, but also the one who had been walking in traffic. Uh-huh. She was like, you can do it. And she's giving me this weird pep talk where I'm just like, <laughs> you're maybe not my first choice for <laughs> motivation talker. right now yeah i mean it was perfectly nice girl but you know like not the person whose rationale i trust the most uh i kept restarting the video because carrie would be like kind of ready to go but then julian would be sort of raking the coals and she'd be like oh let him finish his work yeah and yeah. everyone laugh at that so yeah i was working the crowd at that point uh yeah so he like starts realizing that the coals are like dying down or whatever so he's like i'm gonna rake these and i was like oh go ahead because i'm thinking if he pushes those darker colored coals like can't be as hot red Uh means hot so he covers them up with like these darker coals and i think that's not gonna be as bad uh and finally i'm like okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i ask him and the other guy to walk me across as they did the older lady Mm -hmm. uh and they say sure so i was like okay okay and i walk up to it and they kept talking about how a, a sort of mental wall will go up as you face it. Like there's just this sort of emotional wall you'll hit as you're about to go across, huh. which is true. They kind of talks about it in this metaphysical way. But as I walked up, I was like, oh, yeah, this is stupid. I'm going to walk on fire. <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I don't think I had that thought. I was uh, just like, okay. well, idiot, uh, you know, oh, let's walk across. <laughs> oh, it's far. So, but I was like, yeah, no, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then like sprinted, like, because <laughs> the first two steps were so painful. It hurt so bad. Oh, that no. I just started like running, which oh, you're not no. really supposed to do, but right. it just hurts so bad. So by the time I'm at the end of it, you can see in the video that like my hands are behind me holding the two guys' hands. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, peace out, man. You're like chariots of fire style, like, you know, cross the finish line. Exactly. Like uh, the road runner, just like. (laughs) (laughs) Look at us. Look at us. Go, go. Oh, my God. You're all right. <laughs> you did it. Yay. Yay. Good job. Hurts right. a lot. Anyway, I told our good friend Lawrence about this later, Lawrence yes. Carter Long, who ah. we mentioned in a previous episode. Yeah, the uh, Christian Science episode. Yes. I was telling him this story, and he's like, yeah, well, you write coals to make them hotter. And I, and I was it like, makes sense. Okay, but, but it, you expose them to air. Gets the burning going. It uh, works some of the ash off of them. Yeah. And, uh, Fresh yeah, coals. I guess he camped a lot as a kid. And he was like, yeah, you want to go after everybody has walked through those coals, Carrie. Not before. Not before. So there you go. I had already burnt like through all the skin. Like you could just see oh, like man. blood. I mean, just like. I don't know how else to describe it. It went all the way through to the muscle in there. Ooh. Yeah, no good. Jeez. Don't do it. So, but you. Yeah, so everybody had walked over there once, and I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, perfectly good fire. Hate to see it go to waste. Yeah. When and I don't I, have a dinner to cook. When am I going to get to do this again? And so uh, so I went and walked a second time. Why not? And uh, Carrie got a video of that too. And then I was like, yay, brave Ross. He went twice. That's, oh, Ross is going in. Okay. So then I wanted to do it because I felt fine, you know, like it's hot, but you know, then you cool off your feet a little bit at the end there and you're back on the asphalt. Like, okay. And they'd warned us beforehand. You don't want your feet moist. Mm-hmm. when you walk over the flame itself. Which makes sense. It yeah, totally. Because you'd pick up the embers and they'd stick to you. Maybe it affects the heat conductivity as well. But uh, yeah, so each time I'm making sure to kind of pat my feet down. And there's a bucket of water that people are like sticking their feet in. And I'm like, I don't need that. And I want to go walk again. Mm-hmm. So I go back and I do it a third time. This time I like point the camera at my feet and some other people do it a second time. Uh, I think the instructor does it a second time. And so I go and do it a fourth time and a fifth time. And, and then the instructor, you know, cause we're all just sitting around chatting. He's like, well, anybody else? And I was like, oh, well, okay. It's still here. I'm going to do it. Hey, you're such an overachiever. And, and you know, it's, I'm excited to firewalk. Sure, and I, sure. I feel pretty much the same after the fifth walk as I did after the first. But, so at this point you've done five. I think the next record was two. There might have been somebody who did it three times. Might have been a three-timer. Anyway, okay, so you're at five. Can't remember for sure. This story's not over. (laughs) And so Julian is saying, well, if you really want to try something new, walk there and turn around on the coals and then walk back. Do the double length. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so uh, so I get up there, do that. Carrie gets a video of it. Walk back, you know, do a little dance at the end. All right, I'm all good now. Uh, so I was like, all right, I guess I'll stop now. But I still felt like I could have done it again. But uh-huh. like, all right, I guess I've lived But you it. start to be like to me, like oh, you know, yeah, I know. I feel it. like that's warm. Yeah, that's yeah, hot. yeah. Now I'm getting a bit of the residual feel. Okay, yeah, definitely that uh, cooked my toes a little bit. And we have to put back on our shoes to walk back to the classroom at this point because he's saying. 
saying, okay, show's over. And I can see there's dark spots on my feet, but no blisters yet or anything like that. So we get back to the class and they have us do a little more like NLP stuff, hold our heads still, but move our eyes to the upper right and picture ourselves in the future the way we want us to be. And then like move our eyes up into the left and picture ourselves how we were in 2015 and then do like a split screen. Yeah. They want us to like get up and hold on to the chair. And so like getting up on my feet already in the class, I feel like my feet are starting to heat up. Uh huh. It's like, oh no, this is really uncomfortable. So we sit back down. My feet are still really uncomfortable. So I kick off my shoes and now I'm barefoot again. And I think right around then they also had us fill out a form giving feedback about. So we all filled out our feedback forms, tell them how much we like class. And I'm saying, hey, that was great. I had a good time. I would recommend it to friends. I'd do it again. You know, really enjoy the fire walking. I, I gave it like mostly like threes out of fives. I was like, fine, fine, fine. And then I said like it's fucking hot you guys <laughs> i do feel like they downplayed a little bit like that it can be very painful they had to stand up again to do another little oh yeah it was silly uh she had us stand up put your hands on your heart okay turn around okay so we did all that this is marla brucker because we wanted you to get up today we wanted you to change your heart and we wanted you to turn yourself around Ah, uh, clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Great. But my feet are like hurting at this right. point. Can I have the form back? <laughs> <laughs> so so now like we're all done and we say goodbye to each other and people are congratulating me on my bravado for having done so many walks. And we are making our way back to the car, but already I'm like trying to balance on my heels because it's just, my feet are just heating up. And I stupidly had not brought my glasses, so I can't offer to drive your car because like it becomes increasingly obvious that while my feet hurt a lot, yours are like on an upward trajectory. Like mine are at least predictably awful feeling. Yours are like just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, I don't have my glasses. Feel free to drive us for three and a half hours. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so we get in the car, and by this point, my feet feel like I am standing on the coals now. Right now. Uh-huh. And it's just continuous, mm-hmm. nonstop heat, nothing I can do about it. So we start driving out of there, and I realize, like, I, I can't drive with my shoes on, so I take those off because they're just way too hot. And mm-hmm. then it hurts to drive my bare feet, and the blisters are already popping yeah, up all over my too. feet. I took my shoes off in the car, and I, like, looked at my feet, and yeah, I can already see, like, the blisters developing on the Ugh. pads of my feet, and the places where it just burnt straight through are you know looking <laughs> grosser and grosser uh, and on my my right foot every single toe that could touch the pedal has a blister there's a gigantic oh. mound of like five blisters kind of put together is uh, right on the ball of my foot uh, like where I would press it and so I'm like trying to move my foot around and find a place I can press that doesn't uh-huh. like, directly provoke a blister right and so we're driving along and I just I want nothing more than to get out and walk on some cool grass right now yeah. but I don't see like any patches or any place we can stop because we're getting on the freeway right. it's like right next to the freeway so we get on we're driving for a while and I'm just I'm like trying to breathe through the pain like (laughs) 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 so poor Carrie is there commiserating with me because she's feeling the burn as well and I was texting I'm not referring to our enthusiasm for Bernie Sanders which we also have Uh, (laughs) I was uh, texting Drew also and I'm like hey we're on our way back like might be a slow journey we may need to make a few stops like but our feet hurt really really bad which of course then worries him so he's like do I need to drive to San Diego and such a sweet guy (laughs) and he really would offered to take a lift to San Diego to drive your car so he could come drive oh that's so sweet 
And so I'm just, I'm trying to struggle through it, but I want to like stop somewhere. So I was like, well, let's stop and get dinner just somewhere where I can stop and cool my feet off on something right. damp for a while. And it was, it was kind of rainy out or like misty. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I just want to get out in some cool mist somewhere. Right. My feet are burning up. And then we discover that Ross has never been to Whole Foods. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe I stopped in there briefly at some point. But yeah, I haven't been to a Whole Foods so market. So I'm like, let's go to Whole Foods. Let's go to Whole Foods. So we get some kind of uh, like tofu wrap. The journey into and around Whole Foods is quite delightful. Oh, yeah. We get out of your car and we both can barely make it to the door. And you sat down in front of the door to like clean off your feet and take pictures of your feet. Yeah. And then we're like hopping through. I think I made a couple of like jokes like we were an old couple because we could like barely walk. Uh-huh. And then we wanted aloe gel to put on our feet. Aloe vera, yeah. As close as possible to the checkout aisle. (laughs) And so you like... It hurts so bad to walk. We find Whole Body, which is their section with that kind of stuff. And like you sat, there was just like the closest chair, which was clearly like for staff, but you just like plopped down in it. And we were like, is there aloe? Can someone bring us aloe? And I was telling every employee I met like, I just burned my feet very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I was fired. Walking. Okay, sir. <laughs> and so, they all kind of gave you this look like, uh, I don't know why he's saying this. Right. They didn't believe me. And then you, we get the gel, which I'm like able to grab and then like hand to you. And then you turn to a lady who works there who just like, you know, walks the aisles and you're like, can I buy this here? Like in the middle of the There was like a computer station. <laughs> I thought maybe she could check me out at the computer station. No. So and I don't. She's like, no, you have to go to the front. And you're like, oh, you turn around and the front is like seven feet. <laughs> that was a like, difficult seven feet. Right there. And there was a line. I had to get in the line yeah. and I'm hobbling on my heels. Um, yeah, about the aloe, which has still gone missing. I have no idea where that ended up. I have it. You have I, it. I'm sorry. You did. That's okay. I do. Uh, so I hobble outside. I went and got a salad with a big tofu steak on it, which was quite good. But then as I was like leaving, oh, that's right. uh, you were like, okay, so what's here? And I'm like, well, there's this whole hot food bar. Let's see. There's a tofu wrap right there. And the tofu wrap happens to be like a foot from you. So you're like, that sounds good. (laughs) That's right. And at this point, I slathered aloe all over the bottom of my feet. I bought it. I went outside. And then like people are walking in as they see me like nursing my feet. I slathered aloe all over. It didn't feel like a momentary like uh, lightness. I wish I had like menthol or something. But like it momentarily felt a little nice. And then it felt the same. Yeah. And so like, okay. So I go hobble back in there, get my old tofu. So this is all rich because right as we had finished, we're out there on the pavement, you know, while I'm doing multiple firewalks. And, um, you know, I'm saying like, oh, I guess, you know, just don't feel pain quite as much. And uh-huh. Carrie's like, yeah, you must have a much higher pain tolerance, uh-huh. it seems. And uh, it all came later. Yeah. This wave of pain, which I've never heard anyone describe before. And we both had it, even though you did one walk and I did effectively seven, I guess. So something to watch out for if you are doing a fire walk. There's a cumulative effect. It comes later. So yeah. don't get all headstrong like me and be like, oh, I can keep going. Sure. Because you will pay for that later. Because uh, you're burning through different layers of your feet. So <sighs> there's just not a lot left there, man. So what's the difference between the first, second, and third degree burn? It's like the number of layers that you burn through, yes. right? Yes. We looked this up while we were sitting there. 
<laughs> that's my understanding. Yeah, that like third is like the level at which you'll get scarring. You've like destroyed the tissue. Okay. And then second is like you burn through more than the first layer. There's like some chance you'll get an infection or you need stitches, etc. And then a first oh, okay. degree burn is like, oh, you touched the stove. Ow, ow, ow. I'm feeling fairly confident that I had a second degree burn. Oh, I'm sure you had at least a second degree burn. <laughs> I, I think a couple of the places on my foot are still like those are scars. They're going to stay. Okay. I wouldn't be too surprised if those are third degree burns. Okay. I'm calling it one of the worst pains of my life. Wow. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't experienced any great pain. I haven't given birth to a child. Sure. And, you know, I've, I've had various things that are painful. I've never broken a bone. So, uh-huh. you know, I don't know what my comparison points are, but that hurt. Yeah, mine hurt a lot. I I was thinking about this earlier. Is it worse than the acupuncture when they like mm. when I felt like that guy just stuck me in a nerve? I think the acupuncture was worse, but it might just be because it was for so much longer. Okay. Like if they were actually the exact same amount of time, maybe I would have forgotten. For me, it was just prolonged. And yeah. it felt like my feet were on the coals for another hour after Whole Foods. Yeah. So I'm driving and still just like Carrie's hearing me go. Yeah. <sighs> I know, and I keep being like, "You're you're sure you're okay to drive?" Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I'm yes. <laughs> We're listening to jars of clay music pretty much yeah. the whole way home. After about that, like next hour, then finally, I felt like this kind of hardening of the skin, and like it felt like this kind of hard, crusty, waxy mask was forming on my feet, and I was so thankful for that. So my oh, yeah. my foot felt inflexible, like it kind of locked up into uh-huh. this position. But at least now it was it's I wasn't protecting itself. Yeah, it's, there, it died. <laughs> it wasn't sending fresh pain to right. me anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, got you back to your place. Drove back to mine. Hobbled back home. I sat there in the car for a while, just trying to like get the uh, resolve to get out of the car and put weight back on my feet again. Uh, but I finally hobbled home. My wife thought I was ridiculous. <laughs> And reminded me that she thought I was smart when she married me. Why do you do these things? <laughs> yeah, and I took more photos of my feet. Yeah, we've been taking photos of our feet that we'll share. Yeah, we've been te- we were texting each other photos of our feet. Yeah, and the progress over the next days. It took about two weeks for mine to heal, and they still mine have. still yeah mine still have discoloration and they itch all the time. Mm. There's like there were a couple scabs that I think just finally fell off yesterday the day before. One that's still there. And then I'm looking at my left foot and there's just three definite red scars that I don't think will go away. And then my right foot. No, like the skin's just still peeling. And this was, okay, so we're recording this on the 24th. This is 25 days later. Wow. Yeah, you've still got shit going on. So I've still got peely skin and red blotches on the bottom of both feet almost a month later. You blotcher. It was rough. So I was expecting to come away from this just being like, oh, yeah, fire walking, no big deal. Anyone can do it. Hurts. Hurts. So I'm glad I can check this one off my list. Me too. You know what? I feel stupid saying this, but I would do fire walking again. All right. I would do it once, though. I think I'd do it again uh, knowing what I know and then like just make sure I was sort of later in the lineup. And this time I would stick my feet in that bucket of water yes, afterwards. Me too. That probably would have helped a good deal. I know. I wish I had done that. Just too. to quickly wick away a lot of that heat. And I, I never did that. Pro tip though, aquifer, which is like a petroleum jelly that has shit in it. I don't know. That helped my feet a lot that oh, night. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Ross, 
looking back over firewalking and your painful, painful experience, mm-hmm. what would you give it on a pseudoscience rating where 10 is something completely pseudoscientific, like okay. fake science, like all of your genes, mm-hmm. which are parts of your DNA, okay. uh, comes from information provided by the sperm of a goat? Okay. Uh, I don't believe that, by the way. Okay, see? There you go. That's 10. 10. And then one is something completely scientific, right? Like TikTolic is one of the so-called missing links. Oh, transitional fossil. As all fossils are transitional between one form and another. And therefore is strong evidence of uh, evolution. That is a one. I would give this firewalking itself... Well, the claims surrounding it, of yeah. course. Yeah. So just the idea that one can walk across coals and be okay, too. Okay. Uh, just because, you know, there there's some additional info there and parameters that you need to make sure are being observed. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't just like blithely, hey, there's coals I see over there. I'm going to go walk across them. Right. Other things you need to be aware of. But what we encountered with all the motivational stuff, the applied kinesiology drove up that rating mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the oh uh, i'm talking about like your k27 and everything like they were definitely trying to invoke the language yeah the of bilateral physiology. symmetry yeah yeah all of that really drove it up so i'm gonna say for that portion of our talk that's uh, a seven how about you what would right. you give it i was thinking six but yeah something like that okay. i'm thinking in terms of our experience i'd say if you're gonna include any of that mind over matter stuff I mean, other than you have to talk your mind into doing it, that mm-hmm. much is true. But I don't think my mind was doing anything special that made it possible for me to do it. Oh, yeah. I think if we grabbed one of the people from the wedding who hadn't heard a word of the three-hour conference, had them do the exact same thing, they would have fared just as well. As long as you told them walk fast. Uh, what would you give it then on a pocket drainer scale where one is something not very pocket draining? Like, mm. hey, look, there's... A free potted plant that someone left out on the sidewalk. Oh, cool. They don't need it anymore. I found $10 today on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. What? Yeah. That's like negative pocket drainer. Exactly. Okay, but this is the one. So uh, 10 then is something very pocket draining. Right. Like uh, someone takes your credit card information and just like says free gas for everybody at the gas station. (laughs) Everybody. You get free gas. You get free gas. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... So it was $60, which I feel like they could have charged just for the walk. So we kind of got... That's a good way of looking at it. Got... Bonus. If you consider it a bonus, we got to sit there for three plus hours uh-huh. and listen to some stuff. So, so yeah, I, $60 was the price of the course per person. Yeah. I don't think that's too bad. So... Uh, so I'm going to say a three. Yeah. Uh, you know, I agree. Uh, $60 for the experience of going to walk on coals Coals. is, that's a good deal. You're having a good experience. Something you can tell your friends about, uh, take pictures of, you know, it's one of those, I accomplished something in life kind of things. That's all cool. Uh, yeah, I feel it would have been worth more if we'd spent less time in that class. (laughs) You'd pay $70 to just do (laughs) the fire rocking. I'll pay you $70. Just let me show up when the fire's ready. (laughs) I'll give it a two. I'll give it a two on pocket drain. What would you give it on a creepiness rating? One something not creepy, right? Like you go to Whole Foods, which you've done, and you buy 
some sun-dried tomatoes, some vegan pesto, some cornbread pizza crust, and you make a delicious pizza that you're still thinking about two days later. Been there, done that, so good. Uh, whereas a 10 is something very creepy. Like you go to Whole Foods and you're like, oh, Carrie's a, a cornmeal crust is really good on pizza. I wouldn't have thought that. So you're like walking around and you're like, where's pizza, where's pizza, where's pizza, where's pizza? And then you walk up to the frozen foods and all of the little packages are full of eyes different eyes of different what? species but yeah. then as you look closer you start to realize i've seen these eyes what? and every pair of eyes is someone you've known <gasps> and loved that's 10 that's horrible on that scale, say 1.5. None, none of this really creeped me out. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's creepy either. Uh. <laughs> I think that has to be the longest scale to rating ratio. I mean, I guess, mm, you know what? I'm going to give it a two. I guess like as I was about to walk across, it calls to mind just a hint of like ritual, you know, like oh, in movies, you know, just sure. like, oh, this group of people out in the dark walking across coals. But it goes away And apparently firewalking has been done for many centuries and sure. there's a lot of you know groups that use it as a coming of age ritual so sure. that's true it does have some of that imagery attached to it and I think for a lot of people because this seems like such a big rite of passage sort of thing for oh, someone's mm -hmm. life it does seem a little creepy in that respect just because it sounds so daunting uh -huh. but I don't think either you or I kind of went in expecting it to be that daunting now what are you going to give it on a danger rating where one is something well, not really dangerous like lighting a duraflame log in a rented cabin. Where they're allowed. Where they are allowed and there's a flu and it's open. Okay. Whereas a 10 is something incredibly dangerous. Like you go to the, the gas station and you're like, let's have a gasoline fight. And you spray gasoline all over each other, and you're like, "Ah, oh, miss Let's me!" Have a fire fight. It's like a water gun fight. It's uh, <laughs> featured in the the terrible film Zoolander. Oh, really? Yeah, that, oh, I'm Jesus. pretty sure it was that movie they had. I've a, never seen it. At a gasoline, don't. Okay. Number two's coming out. Don't see that either. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Well, I was gonna say that it was quite high, but now that you say that, I mean, what compares? I actually think of things we've done. This is approaching the highest on danger rating. Yeah, especially because we're often talking about the danger of, you know, getting involved with something that takes you away from healthy Right, uh, the sort of indirect harm. Exactly, yeah. yeah, like what it can lead to. Whereas right. this is like the actual physical harm of what it's going to do to you. I would not have been shocked if I had to go to the doctor the next week say I had some, you know, infected boil mm -hmm. that 100% could have happened, didn't. Julian said that people have died firewalking. I don't... Really? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how that would happen but okay yeah I mean it's clearly just dangerous and you probably will get injured I mean hopefully not seriously but uh -huh. you probably will get injured at least a little yeah, yeah you so come away with a scar I mean if I try to think of the world in terms of risk management and like you know we try to do things that we're unlikely to get injured in then this is like an eight I mean like uh -huh. You will probably hurt yourself. <laughs> you are voluntarily walking on coals, man. Yes. So, yeah. You know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, you know what? That's fair. Because, yeah, you are bound to, I think, slightly injure yourself at the very least. They sent out an email afterwards and they're like, hey, you know, congratulations. You you may be feeling a little burnt right now, but you did it. Uh -huh, <laughs> and I think, right? I'm feeling very burnt. Uh -huh. um, By the way, some of you uh, didn't turn in your uh, waivers. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, right. Just kidding. I certainly took it farther than 
was particularly prescribed. Then, sure. a, then again, you could say that I was kind of egged on too. It's like, hey, you really yeah, want to no do this? Yeah, no one was like, uh, you hey, know what? just Later on, you're going to feel this a lot more than you're feeling it right, right. now. No one said that. Um, so, I was there. No one said that. It's one of the worst pains I can recall ever having felt. It's, I can't say that in my whole life. I okay. can't say that. But I also have like, you know, I broke my arm pretty hard. <laughs> Carrie is bending her arm past 180 degrees right. from a car accident? From a horseback riding accident. Oh, geez. So, you know, I'll go right up there with you. I'll say eight. Holla. So what was your favorite moment, Ross? Walking across the coals. Oh. I was, well. <laughs> Which time? Uh, number three, when I'm <laughs> pointing the camera down at my feet. It's a real fun video, you guys. Uh, I don't want to spoil the theme <laughs> of it, but the premise of the video is quite fun. It made Carrie far more amused than anyone should be. Sure. Because it's so stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was the, the idiocy of my premise for mm. this film shoot. Uh, how about you? What was your favorite moment? Watching you despondently realize you couldn't pay for the aloe seven feet earlier than you wanted to oh <laughs> i mean you know sure in a, no no that's a fun way I'm that's valid to be mean totally uh, just, valid uh, you know you were so sad about it and it was right there i'm glad that uh, <laughs> glad that was a favorite moment for you yeah it was a good time i'm not sure i would do it again i well i would do it again if i knew like that I could walk after a bunch of people and they wouldn't rake it over. Okay. But I'm not sure that I'd go and like pay a hundred bucks or something and kind of not know how it would go down. Yeah. Now that I've had the experience, you'd have to like just have a fire there that other people are walking over and then be like, sure, I'll join in and yeah. plunk my feet in water right afterward. Right. And then not do it again. And I certainly wouldn't do it right now because I don't think my feet are prepared yet. Something really painful for me afterwards was like when I'd pull off a piece of dead skin, uh-huh. but then it would start, it would be connected to live skin. Yeah. Yes, 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 and yes. then you have to walk in this really sensitive spot and it hurt bad. Yeah. I didn't like that. Well, well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Marla Brucker <laughs> and Brian Keith Dalton. Our producer and co-editor is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate, which you already did because you you're a member. Did. Thank you so much. Thank you. It really does. Oh, my goodness. Like this show has been able to get to where it is because we join Max Fun and because we have members and because of their And you're loyalty. all awesome and you support us on a monthly basis and it makes the show possible. In like such a big way. I mean, we've been doing the show for five years and we had donors before, but like Maximum Fun gives us this sort of consistency that makes it possible for us to take on these bigger investigations. It's a genuinely big deal. Thank you. Uh, tip of the hat to you all. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for being there. And uh, looking forward to the next year of exciting investigations and beyond. And uh, maybe check our Facebook, facebook.com slash onrax. So you can see some photos and videos of yeah. this nonsense. I should hope you're there already. We're posting all kinds of cool stuff. We'll be posting uh, video and pictures from this episode. Yes, we will. Keep telling your friends. Happy Max Fun Drive. And remember, outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. But inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.